Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray. Got a few things of housekeeping to do before we get started with our episode today. Firstly, thank you so, so much to our newest patron, Miss Kelly Reisler. Kelly, as you guys know, has been on the show a few times. She is out of Austin, Texas. She is one of my pinball besties, and she is super awesome. She's even got her own shop where she sells festival wear. I'll be sporting some of her earrings at TPF. But Kelly, thank you so much for supporting the podcast at the $5 nightlight level. As I said in a few episodes ago that um, we're going to get some pins and some stickers for our nightlight level listeners. The pins are coming from China. There's been a bit of a slowdown on things coming out of China. So it may take a little bit, but I promise you, you guys will get them eventually. I promise. Pinky swear. Um, but again, thank you so much, Kelly, for your support of the podcast. All of the dollars that are donated by our Patreon members go right back into uh, supporting this content and supporting the podcast. Um, thank you so much. It means the world to me. Uh, secondly, and this is probably one of the most um, amazing moments I've had um, since I've been doing the podcast. Um, a couple episodes ago when we had uh, Deborah Tallman on, we had talked about collecting money for the Women's World Championships that are going on in March. And um, I was really excited about that. I, I do think that these ladies that are at the top of their game from around the world that are coming in for this um, really do deserve some more prize money. And um, a listener of the show stepped up and donated $400. And this person has asked to remain anonymous. I did want to say that they are a friend of the show. It was very unexpected. I got a message from them. Uh, they wanted to help. And they the, their only request is that they remain anonymous, which I was like, I can do that for you. Um, but I, I do want to say that I was just blown away by that type of generosity. Um, I had planned to donate, um, uh, some money, but, uh, that person just really went above and beyond. And, um, so we've got $400 going to Deborah that'll go towards the prize pool for the women's worlds. Um, if you guys are interested, every dollar counts. Um, I can do PayPal. I can do Zelle. Um, just let me know what works best for you and we'll get that taken care of. But every dollar counts. And I know the, the women that are competing would really appreciate it. But I, I do want to thank um, um, a very special friend of the show. Um, again, you know who you are. Thank you so much. That that was really just uh, amazing. And I, I again, everybody, if you can chip in a couple of bucks, um, let me know. Um, you can either reach out to me or to Deborah. Um, you can email me at backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com or you can message me via Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I, I'm, I'm everywhere. Yeah, just reach out. Um, if any, any five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is. Um, I know that Deborah and the folks with the IFA would really appreciate it along with the players as well. I know this week I've put out a bunch of episodes, mostly because I was down with the flu. So I am bouncing back and I'm so excited about this week's guest. So she was recommended to me by Karen Kaiser, who you guys know uh, from Sweden and also from the Women's Advisory Board. She is an amazing pinball player from Konsberg, Norway. And I knew I was going to mess that up, y'all. Konsberg, Norway. Please help me welcome Maria Hausen. Yay! Yay! <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Lauren. That's cool. Maria, thank you so much for being here today. 
I'm I'm so excited to talk to you. And when I got the the message from Karen that do you want to do this? I'm like, oh yeah, of course I want to do this. That's this is so cool. Well, we're excited. I, you know, the podcast my um want for it is to highlight women in pinball, but I want women in pinball across the world. So when I ever get an opportunity to have an introduction with another player that isn't a US or Canadian player, I jump on it. So when Karen said, hey, I know somebody from Norway, do you want to talk to her? I'm like, yes. I Maria and I have like literally never met, never talked to each other. So I'm excited that she totally agreed to come on this show. Maria, for, for myself and for everybody who who's not met you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you started in the pinball hobby and where you're at today? Yeah, I started, I think it's about six or seven years ago when I was just at, at some kind of movie theater or something. And there was two or three pinball machines there. And this was something that was starting to come back to Norway for yeah, six or seven years ago. And I got some coins and I just put them on. This is this was a Stern machine. I think it was um, um, some X-Men or something. And I was just playing it and I was like, this is so cool. And, and I haven't seen a new pinball machine before. This is like the first time I see a brand new pinball machine. And uh, I got totally hooked. I decided then that I wanted to get myself a pinball machine to have at home. And I'm an Adams Family fan. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's when I decided that my first machine was going to be an Adams Family. And it took me four years to get one. Oh, wow. That's amazing, though. That's like one of my absolute favorites. And I'm born in Norway. I'm 32 years old, I think. (laughs) And uh, and pinball is absolutely something that is going to be stuck with me for, I think, the rest of my life. Once you get into the hobby, there's no turning back. There's no getting out of it. And I think first time I saw a pinball machine in my life, I was uh, in Denmark at a vacation with my father and my stepmother. And we were at some kind of biker's bar because my father and my stepmother was bikers. And they had some kind of uh, pinball machine. I'm not sure what it was. I think maybe it was an eight ball. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't tall enough to see the play field. So I was just kind of like standing beside it. And there was a big, (laughs) huge biker, you know, with a leather vest and everything. He was playing it. And I was just like standing there listening to the sounds and looking at the the back box. And I was like, what is this? That's like a very, 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 very faint memory. Oh, see, so it started from the beginning. You knew pinball was going to end up coming back around. What a a neat memory. I love that. We have lots to talk about on the show. Um, We got some news, but I really want to hear later on in the show more about um, your experience on the European pinball scene and about the the women's pinball scene, uh, not only in Norway, but in Europe as well. So we'll we'll chat more about that later on. Um, So I sent Maria some links from... um, twips released today first uh the big thing that i love this weekend in my hallucinated like 102 fever state i was trying to watch the rick and morty reveal stream um it looked amazing i i don't blame that on the fever i think it looked amazing um there was like a lot of cool things going on so um D- jack danger from dead flip went ahead and premiered the actual 
um, gameplay for Rick and Morty. And they had the Spooky family there. Charlie Scott was there, of course. Um, They had a lot of fans and things there. It was really fun. So before I give my take, what did you think about it, Maria? I mean, were you excited? Yeah, when I saw Jack Danger doing the stream, I was like, yeah, of course he has to do that. And he, he's great at streaming. So it's always cool to see his streams. But I was so captivated of the colors and the color scheme and it's, with the cartoon scheme. It's super cool. And the, the music. Absolutely love that music. And I just was sitting there and just watching and watching and watching. This thing goes on for over two hours. So, of course, but super cool. It was a very long stream. I mean, I will put the link in the show notes, you guys, so you guys can have an idea if you haven't seen the reveal yet. But the couple of things that stood out to me were, first of all, the, the light show. You kind of expect that. I mean, at least I did with because it is Scott Denisi and he had the most amazing light show on uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation. You know, he kind of upped his game with this one. I thought the light um, show was amazing. I liked that. And, and again, I still have not watched Rick and Morty. I, it is on my list to do. But I liked that the animations really like play like they were a part of the pinball machine because a lot of times I feel that when you have animations on the uh, display they don't necessarily they're just kind of thrown in they're not part of the story of what how you're playing in the pinball machine Mm -hmm. and to me the animation really kind of was in like step with um, the what was going on on the play field yeah yeah Uh, I Absolutely agree with you. And Lauren, you're not the only one that hasn't seen the show. <laughs> I haven't seen the show either. And I think it's like when I see the, the little animations and the cartoons going on in, in the screen, I was like, this looks so cool. <laughs> I have to see this. And uh, yeah, it, you, I get a little bit of the, the total feeling, the music and the, as you say, the light show. You can absolutely see that there's the same designer and all that. But still, I think there's great entertainment value in the game. Yeah, there were a lot of really neat shots. Um, I love the the way that the, the modes worked. I also really, really liked uh, the music did build and there was different types of music. And I know that they had permission to use the music from the actual show. But Scott kind of took, you know, another step up and he kind of just really just amazing kind of leveled up on that music the whole thing the way it comes together is really amazing i love that the one of the sling on the left left hand side is a pop bumper like i just i love that i don't know why more people don't do that um just the flow of the game every everything i saw I was just like, I want one so bad. Why did I not buy one? Um, so, cause it, and that's the only thing where it's kind of like, I'm not salty. I'm not mad. I'm not salty, but it's kind of like, well, they're sold out now. You're showing me something I'll never be able to own myself unless I buy it like secondhand, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if we're going to have one in Norway at all. Um, I don't know anyone that I know that has ordered it. I think maybe I have to send a couple of messages uh, later today to see if some of the guys I know has ordered, ordered it. But it sold out in, I don't know, 24 hours or less. It's crazy. Four, Four hours. Four. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, that's crazy. Yeah. So I think if, if I want to play some, maybe I have to go outside Norway. 
Yeah. So hopefully, you know, I'll have to ask maybe uh, Charlie and, and Katie and them can tell me if, um, you know, who who may have one nearby to you, if not in Norway, then maybe uh, Sweden or somewhere else. So we'll find out. It's a fun game, you guys. I definitely recommend that you go and watch the stream, the reveal stream. I'll put a link in the show notes. It was too, too much fun. I wish I was a little more coherent. I'm going to watch it later on again when I'm not, you know, on a, a, a large amount of flu medication. But <laughs> it, it looked amazing. I'm very excited. Um, the next big piece of news that I wanted to chat about, and I have some feelings about it. So the um, Stranger Things had a UV paint job, for lack of a better term. I'm sure there's like a, a proper pinball term, but it has a UV um painting paint painting i swear i don't know um a uv paint on the play field that when you buy a special um lighting kit from stern you can actually see the uv light and it is actually a really cool looking um play field effect when they actually shut the lights off and use the light the uv light kit it looks really really cool did you get a chance to look at that yeah, it looks like uh, when you get the, the the UV lights on the playfield, it looks like misty, and it, you can kind of like see the mist going on in in the playfield artwork. You can't see that without the UV lights, so it's an absolute cool feature. Yeah, it's it's a neat feature. So here's my here's my little thing, and Stern, y'all know I love you. So here, so the playfields came with the UV paints on them, the UV effect, right? But nobody knew about the lighting kit until after they came out. Like you couldn't, why couldn't the kit just come with the machine? It's like when you want, I get it. It's like when you buy a car and they give you the ugly rims and you really want the nice blackout rims or something to that effect. You want something extra. And I get that this is like an extra thing for your pinball machine, but there's like a little part of me that's like, why couldn't it just come with the machine? Why do we have to buy something extra? It's already so expensive. But it's really, really cool. I mean, if I own Stranger Things, I would be ordering it for sure. Yeah, I, I absolutely absolutely agree with you. We were thinking about when when the Stranger Things got leaked. We were actually thinking about getting one because we love the show so much. Um, and we had some friends over, they're pinball players too, and collectors, and they also said that this is so cool, we, we're going to get one too. Now it ended up that none of us is going to get it. Um, after like seeing it when it was revealed properly and seeing, seeing everything, and I was like, I'm not sure. I think it's, it lacks a little bit in the playfield. I would like to have some toys and some stuff like that. And uh, it looks a little blank. And um, also, there was a discussion here at home from the 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 thing where you get the the video can thing because you only get get that in the Ellie machine. Oh yeah, the projector, the projector where it has yeah. I wanted to get that, but my boyfriend don't want to get that, so we were a little bit yeah off there and. But it ended up that we're not going to get it. And also this new feature that we're talking about today with the UV lights, um, why couldn't they come up with that when they first starting to sell the game? Why wasn't this like part of maybe the premium game and the LE game 
and optional for if you want to have the pro model, then I think that when you're going to have some kind of updates or add-ons like this, you have to you have to be able to get them right away. Not like when all your friends has bought the game and maybe yourself has bought the game, then all of a sudden it comes an add-on that you have to buy separately that, hey, surprise. Uh, yeah. No, I completely agree. I, You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I don't like that this was an add-on later. I wouldn't have minded when it came out that it was a feature. Like, hey, here's this option. It has a UV uh, coating on it. You can buy this thing to make it have a UV type look and mode. But now that it's come out later, for some, like if I had bought immediately right off the line, you know, right off the bat, that I'm like, well, I feel kind of like I missed out. And now you're going to charge me extra for this thing. Um, but I, I mean, I get it. It, it, they got to make money, but at the same time, I feel a little bummed, like, especially, you know, I think it should be included and maybe it will be, I don't know, but from the story I read, it doesn't seem like it's included. It seems like you just buy it extra, but it should be included in the premium and the LE, but it is a cool look. I am not, I've never seen stranger things. Um, but to your comment earlier comment, I've heard that from a few people where they don't, necessarily see a lot of the tie-ins to the show on the machine itself. I mean, for someone who doesn't know the show, I'm like, oh, it looks cool. I don't understand anything that's going on. But um, but a lot of people are saying that, you know, it kind of misses um, some of the nostalgia things and the, the, um, the th- other things from the show, that the show's not necessarily all spooky stuff, that there was a lot of things from the show that they could have put in that they didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, like you're saying that the nostalgic stuff. Like, I I don't get the '80s feeling from the game. Uh, I wish there was like some small features, like I, I said, with toys or something, or maybe like the the mall. There's one season that has like a huge the, the mall is playing a huge part. It's like a new built uh, '80s mall. Or there's an arcade that also has like a big role. I I wish that they could put maybe in some of the upper corners of something where there's a little blank spaces that maybe they could have like some small buildings or like toys or some things that represent that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it looks like it's very done fast. Of course, Stern fan hero too. All, almost all our games are stern and we usually only buy stern now but this one no we're not going to have it uh well you know what i hope that the code develops even more and and we'll see what happens i just think that there were some opportunities that they could have um taken with stranger things from hearing from other fans um but yeah i i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of on the fence on the uv add-on light thing so it it's a cool thing. I'll, I'll include a link to the video so you guys can see the effect because it is really neat. But I just don't know if I feel cool about the whole buying it after I already bought the machine. I think it should have been a part of the machine. Just saying. Anyway. All right. So that wraps up news. We didn't have a ton of news because a lot of it was still talking about um, we're ta- still talking about Haggis Pinball and we're talking about some other things um, that we had already discussed in prior episodes, but those were the two big new pieces of news um, besides everybody gearing up for Texas Pinball Festival in next month. So that should be be a big thing. But Maria, I first of all, I'm so excited 
like I said earlier, to have you on the show because I do want to highlight women's pinball from across the globe, not just from a North American perspective. I love talking to to other people. You know, we've had people from Danny Peck in New Zealand. We've had folks from Canada. Um, we had Dina Lindsay from Germany, and we had Karen herself from Sweden. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you. Um, so the the pinball scene in Norway is it is it a large scene, um, or is it is it kind of like a smaller where it's more like house league scene? Yeah, I don't think it's that big yet. Um, we have like a small community, yeah, here in Norway. In I think we're about 400 registered players on IFPA. Um, maybe a little bit more. It's been a while since I uh, looked over how many people there were. There's there, but active people is a lot less. I think maybe we're 200 active or something. And there's one club in, in Oslo, and there's one in Bergen, and one in Trondheim. So we visit each other, take the plane, or just drive a car and play together sometimes, but not that much. And for the women in Norway, I think we're quite a lot, actually. We In, in Oslo, we started to play a lot of women a couple of years ago, like together and really hanging out and stuff. And we were like trying every time there's a new girl coming inside, we're absolutely hanging on to her and trying to, trying to welcome her as best as possible and like teaching her stuff. Usually some girl is coming there and she doesn't know anything about pinball. We just come on, let's play a four play, four play game, just us four girls or something. And we're like teaching her all the stuff and yeah, trying to absolutely welcome that new girl. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now it's just this it any women's group in the world we're all the same. As soon as we see the new person, we're like, come on, it's gonna be great. Because you're always nervous when you go somewhere and you don't know how to do something and you know, you don't know anybody. And and I and I love that the women I want to say all pinball people, but particularly the women of pinball, we tend to be a very welcoming bunch we want to make sure that everybody's having a good time and also we want to make sure that they join up and don't leave you're like no no you can't leave you, you uh you gotta stay but uh but yeah no that's great um you know i was looking at um your I ifpa card and do are there a lot of women's events or do you do women normally just play in like the open events that you guys have yeah, we play in the open events that we have. We don't have any women like leagues or anything in Norway. Um, I don't think that we're that many yet to do that. Um, so if there's like an open event, maybe in Oslo, and there's 100 people there attending, maybe we're like seven to 10 women. Yeah. So like, okay, 10% of the the crowd would be, would be women, which is a fair assessment. When I play in open events, 10 to 20% normally are women, unless it's a really large event. Um, that's, that's about right. Um, even here in, in the U S. So we, we just have a lot more of the actual women's clubs and women's league, you know, events. Um, do you, do you see that ever, um, being something that you might have as the, the scene grows for women in Norway? Yeah, 
it's not growing that much actually um we're (laughs) sometimes sometimes we get like a new girl in there and she sticks with us for it's it's happened actually they they stick with us for uh, half a year and then they magically disappear i don't know why if we're intimidating or if we there's too many guys there or but sometimes they just never show up again that's sad but I think that to to maintain the interest, you have to work hard also to become a good pinball player. No, that's a great point. So kind of, you know, having more women, you know, be on the scene. One of the things I I feel is really interesting is that it, it is a small scene, but I feel that you guys are probably a very tight knit group of players. Do you um, go to events together. Um, I know that there was just the D- Dutch Pinball Open and the European Pinball Championships. Do you feel that there has been a strong showing of Norwegian players going to these larger events, not only in Scandinavia, but in Europe? Um, yeah, I think so. For For the amount of active players overall that we are, I uh, think that, and, and of course, there's some of the top-ranked players. They go like everywhere all the time, and you see them. Yeah, they have to be there, of course, almost. So, like, I was in the European now, um, and there there was a lot of women there from also Sweden that we we know from before. Like, yeah, we met a lot of people there, and uh, Danish women I met never talked to before, and. They're all lovely, all of them. Yeah. So, but but overall, I think that it kind of stays the same. It doesn't grow and it doesn't like go down. No, it's the same amount of Norwegian people there. Yeah. Do you think that there was anything that, you know, because here in the States, I mean, there's kind of been like a, a renaissance, like, you know, pinball, you know, it kind of went away and then it came back. And now it's just been growing and growing and growing. Do you feel that there's anything that pinball manufacturers could do to help, you know, develop more, not only European pinball and Norwegian pinball, but pinball for women? Huh, that's a good question, actually. I didn't think about that. Um, what they can do to, like, try and lure women to play pinball. Okay, now, that sounds terrible. Uh, I didn't mean, like, lure, but... Uh, I, you know, and so I'll I'll mention the reason I ask is that, um, you know, they have a lot of themes that maybe are, are not necessarily, I don't want to say women friendly, but maybe like, ah, you know, some of like stranger things to me was a fantastic, even though maybe they didn't quite get it. I thought it was a fantastic push and a fantastic theme for them to try because it's something that's topical, that's new, that's still like being made. Um, but so, but I feel that sometimes that the pinball manufacturers just reach back too much for nostalgia. And sometimes it's harder to get younger players or newer players in, but I wanted to, but again, that is from an American woman's perspective. I didn't know if that might be the same perspective you would have in Europe. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe uh, to get more uh, more female players, maybe we can could have something like more female 
voices in the game. That would be fun, like uh, they did with the with Xenon. That is like the first uh, female voice game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's amazing game, and a lot of men also like it. Absolutely. So that's like a strong female game. Game, I think. But still, I I think that a lot of in here in Norway. The female players here are kind of like nerdy and like Star Wars and like stuff like that. So I think it doesn't matter that much uh, sometimes because we lo- that's that's what we like the yeah. like the, the 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 to hang with the guys. You know that's what we like here in Norway usually. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, a lot of that's the same here in the U.S. I you know I'm just trying to get a, a better perspective of like you know ways that pinball could grow or or, you know, be more um, enticing, I keep, I lure enticing. These are all just terrible words I keep on thinking of to get women into pinball. I'm going to find out some better words for this. But um, but I, I'm just so fascinated by, you know, different pinball scenes, particularly outside of the U.S., just to see how they grow and, and develop. Do you ever see maybe there, I'm just going to throw it out there because I'm a, a you listeners, y'all know I'm all about my bells and chimes. Do you ever see a bells and chimes Oslo or bells and chimes Norway coming coming to you guys? Are you guys opening one up? No, I don't. I'm not sure actually. Um, it, probably it would be fun to like have an all women's league or something like that. I've never attended anyone actually. Uh, I know one of the girls in our club in Oslo. She's been in in the women's league. I think it was in Germany or something, or or in that Dutch thing or something. But still, it would be very cool to do it. Absolutely, but it's, it's still something that I think us as women have to do it. We, yeah, we we cannot just sit around and just wait for it to happen. We have to do it ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That, that is true. If you ever, and uh, hey, there's lots of women here stateside that would be more than happy to help you. And, and even you can go ask Karen. Um, she could kind of give you some pointers as well. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm always for, you know, women doing it. But I, I love the fact that you guys have such a, an inclusive and tight knit scene there in, in Norway, from what I can tell. And it just sounds really interesting. Are there any kind of big events that are coming up there in Norway that you are looking forward to? I'm not going to any events um, that this year as I planned. There's uh, going. There's usually a Christmas tournament. That's always fun to do. And there I've already started to plan it. Um, but not anything big here in Norway now. It's uh, We don't talk about it that much, but something happened in Norway. The community a couple of years ago that kind of like split everything a little bit um yeah so that we're a little bit some people are playing here and some people are playing there we're not that much together anymore um but we're hoping to do that in in the future again um but i'm going to uh going to an event in um we're going to uh, australia oh fun so yeah. which event in, in australia uh, we're going there. We're leaving twenty um, eighth of July to attend the the BPAC. It's a Brisbane Pinball Mas- Masters. Oh my gosh! You're going to the Brisbane <laughs> Masters? I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Oh my goodness! And there's so much going on there that those week that those weeks that it's almost tournaments like every other day or something it's so it's like a little festival 
Um, we're also going to the Freddy's Pinball Paradise Spring Open. This is 4th uh, April. Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. But yeah, the Brisbane Masters, uh, um, Jessica Donardo helped TD a few events there. She's a friend of mine. Um, and I have heard nothing but amazing things about the Brisbane Masters. It's an entire vacation of pinball, pinball all the time. You're going all over the place. I'm so excited for you. Uh, we might have to have you back on the show to tell us about it um, because I, I would love to go. It's like definitely on my like pinball bucket list to do the Brisbane Masters. Um, do you have any plans to possibly come to the States at some point to do any, uh, or let me rephrase that. Let me back up a second. Have you ever been to the U.S. for any kind of pinball events? No, I've never been to the U.S. at all. And um, <laughs> I think it's, it sucks real bad. I haven't been there. <laughs> um, I, I really want to go there. It's been like a teenage dream to go to the U.S. Yes. And um, my boyfriend, he's been there a lot. So he's, he's always saying that we have to go there soon. We have to go there soon. Just tell me. We can go there. And so uh, he's been <laughs> like playing pinball and doing some work and stuff over there. So so probably we're going to go to the U.S. soon, but uh, and it would be cool to do some pinball stuff while we're there. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's so many events. I mean, of course, there's like things like Pinberg and you know the replay effects. The the Texas. I mean, I will make a foot stomp for this, but uh, the Texas Pinball Festival that's coming up next month. It usually happens in the springtime, March time frame. So maybe you guys can maybe not this March, but next March. It is the best. It's a whole weekend pinball of tournaments. They've got pinball like showroom. Like it's. Uh, it, it's everything, but there's so much pin, like even I travel a lot for my job, but here in the U S I still, even though maybe I don't go to a big tournament, I, there's always pinball. Like when I travel, which is something I love about the States. Cause it's like they, wherever I end up, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be able to find like a pinball arcade somewhere. Um, just because of the, the amount of people now joining the hobby and the popularity of the hobby. And there's this whole um, barcade, what they call barcades here in the States movement. Um, and, you know, it's easier to find here. Um, you know, I asked a little earlier, you know, about the scene, but do you guys have more and more arcades and things opening there in Norway? Yeah, we do. Uh, there's been one in Oslo for many, many years. It's uh, recently just uh, 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 10 years now. We were at this 10 years uh, like a, a party there and it's the name is Tilt. Nice. And it's in Oslo. So that this, this is like the best place in Oslo to go to play pinball. They have, I think they have like 30 machines, all new, and they have they have this guy that goes around fixing all the time, and they like switching machines all the time, and they have a lot of arcade, also. And this this is the type of barcade that you're talking about. Yeah, they have like hundred different beer. It's uh, amazing, yeah. And there's some small places also opening around in Oslo. And I think someone also has some plans about some other places in Norway also, but I can't talk that much about it. No! Oh! <laughs> okay, we're going to definitely have to have you back on the show, um, Maria, because it's like, I got to, you're, you're teasing me. You're giving me all these tickets. I love it. So, all right, well, I'm going to hold you to that. So as soon as you guys, you know, as soon as you find out something, you can't see me, listeners, but I'm doing air quotes. Um, <laughs> you'll have to let me know for sure. 
Well, yeah. Mar Maria, I have enjoyed having you on. Um, this has been so much fun. I've loved learning about um, the, the Norway scene and, and more about you. And like I said, I, I really hope you come back on the show. We have one segment that we do here on the Backbox Pinball Podcast, and it's called Inside the Pinball Arcade. And it's where we find out more about you and your pinball mind. Would you like to play? Yeah, I have to do that now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Eight questions. Don't worry. It's not very hard. I promise you'll have fun. Here we go. Question number one. What game do you love? The Addams Family. Of course. Of course. Uh, what is it that you love most about the Addams Family? The Addams Family is, uh, it must be like the the whole, the, I, I'm just so, so big fan I just like like the characters and like the shout outs and it is from the movie. That's so cool, I think. Um, and it's also a game that I think never will, never will die. I always come back to it. I play my new Stern games all the time, but then if I get really, really sick of one game or like super mad or just sad, just go to Dan's family and get right back up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, the, one, one of the most, if not the most popular game in, in pinball and to me it was at it was made at a perfect time it was kind of like the height of pinball in a way and then it was before licensing became such a pain and you could get the all the call outs and you could get the music and you could get the rights to everything mm -hmm. and um just the the pat lawler design of that machine it's i mean it's mean in a really beautiful way and i enjoy that machine so much Oh yeah, a lot of people hate it. Uh, some of the top players in Norway absolutely hate this game, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can see why. But also, uh, they just wanted to slaughter this game. But I, I absolutely, I adore it. Yeah. yeah it but you know what? It's one of those games, even if you hate it, you have to learn how to play it well because it is everywhere. No matter what tournament you go to, it is in a tournament. It's like, yeah. ah, yeah. even if you don't like it, you can't avoid it because it is always going to be in a bank somewhere whenever you're playing. It's, it's always there to haunt you, yeah. <laughs> very, very true. Awesome. I love that. All right, question number two. What game do you hate? Oh, wow. What game do I hate? Oh... Shit, that's a hard question, actually. Um, I've been playing some tournaments where I kind of like come up to a game I never played before. Also, that's like this game is so strange. But um, if I have to hate a game, can you hate a game? Can a pinball player, play, pinball player, really hate a game? Oh no, <laughs> we all like some people hate more than one. I, you know, my hate like kind of just depends on what game took me out of my last tournament or, you know, I just like don't like one, but you, you don't have to hate one. I'm not going to require it of you, but if you have one you hate, you know, I actually, I actually kind of have one that if, if I have to play it in a tournament, I must hate the hot dogging. Oh, hot dogging! What do you hate yeah. about hot dogging? <laughs> it always it's it's always draining for for me. It's it's such an outlane game. I just uh, it's it's fun when you start the game and it's it's huge and you think yeah this is going to be so great, but then you start to play and just lose the ball right away and you you go like what? So I just I just don't like that one. I like it if I if I try to just learn it, but if I meet this game in a tournament. I know that this is going to go so, so bad. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, I, it's so, I love the artwork on hot dog and I haven't played a lot of it, but, um, the times I have played, I haven't done great, but I, I like it more for the artwork than anything else. So I like that answer. Well, I, it's a first, I don't think we've had hot dog and as the game to hate. Um, all right. There, question number three, what is your favorite pinball sound? This can be the sound that a mech makes. This can be the sound package to a game or, or any kind of sound that a game makes. Or call out. Yeah, absolutely. It must be uh, like a um, classic bell chime sound. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like the, like the Matahari game when you start the game. That's so satisfying to push that start button. Oh, that's a good <laughs> Just one. Just want to push it over and over. <laughs> so that kind of classic uh, bell uh, chime uh, sound. Yeah, like the, the, the yeah. EM kind of sound that you get. Yeah, so, yeah I know. I love that sound. Um, I, I, I actually was uh, part of restoring um eight ball machine. Oh, fun. That, um, that had been silenced. Oh, that they- the, the owner had put like little rubber things between all the little what is it, what's it called the little metal things yeah the that, chimes yeah. yeah yeah so it sounded so horrible that we just had to do something about that when we got that into our location so that was one of my tasks so like to get all these chimes out and get all this rubber thing off and polish it so that you get all the glue and everything it was horrible but then again after that sounds perfect i love i love that see we'll have you back on the show and we're going to talk about pinball restoration i didn't even know you did that all right (laughs) so question number four what is your favorite pinball art package this can be bat glass play field or cabinet art uh, my favorite pinball art package, I, I have a back glass that I absolutely love, and I can't take my eyes off it when I meet it. It's the Barracuda. <gasps> Barracuda! I love that yeah. game so much. And also in the Playfield art, it's, it's so cool. So when I when I meet this game, and I, I really want to get one for myself, <clears throat> but it's it's a little hard to get, actually. It is. Yeah. It's hard. I one, mean... It's the color scheme. I absolutely love it. Well, I just, the history behind that game is just so fascinating. First of all, listeners, as you know, I am team Barry Ausler. He is my favorite pinball designer. He helped design that game. I think it was one of his first games. And it was also um, helped um, the design team included Roger Sharp. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, and they said, according to, you know, I think it was off of the internet, um, the internet pinball database that it was um, supposedly to be an alien pinball machine, but they couldn't get the right. So then they kind of had to scrap it and like make it work with something else. And it became Barracora. And I've played Barracora and it was one of those games. I hadn't played it until about a year ago and I fell in love with it. And I've been trying to find a Barracora and that, Thing is so hard to find um, that it, it's not either somebody doesn't want like a bazillion dollars for it or it's in like such rough shape that I'm like this is going to cost me a small fortune to fix so mm-hmm. yeah I love oh, I, I, I'm trying to think if anybody's ever mentioned Barracor's artwork I love that one though yes <laughs> yes all right next question uh, question number five what is your grail pin this is the pinball machine that you would want to own above all others i mean, it might be barracora but um what is out there that you want to own more than anything i want to have a really really super nice haunted house 
that Ooh. plays really well too and has zero issues. <laughs> you know how those haunted houses yes. are. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, haunted house is like my dream machine. Uh, I acquired one actually a couple of years ago. It's a little bit rough. So it's a little fixer upper. It's a project that's been stalling, installing, installing. So I have some plans for it, but I'm not sure if it's ever going to be anything of a haunted house of, of, from it. But that's like my dream machine. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. All right. Question number six. What is your favorite pinball event expo to either play in or attend? Oh, that would be cool to uh, attend the some papa event or something that would be cool yeah so that's probably like a dream to go to the u.s and and uh, and attend like a big huge uh, papa event but uh yeah I, i'll just take any event yeah. Any, any event here here in the U.S. Is, <laughs> any event in the U.S. <laughs> you know what? If, if you get a chance, um, a really cool event. I have not been to it, but Indisc that just happened last month is supposed to be like a really awesome, and it's the IFPA Open. So it's like a massive uh, pinball tournament and event, and it's right there um, next to the Museum of Pinball. So there's just so much to do. So that could be something you guys might look into. But yeah, there's totally, yeah, you just got to come. You got to come. It's going to yeah. be fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I love that. All, any Papa event, any, any Papa event, or, you know, of course, Papa's, you know, big, you know, Pinburg is like the one. Everybody calls it pinball summer camp. But yeah, no, I love that. That's a fun answer. I think, All right. I, I, think I have to quit my job or something if, if we're going to have, make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> Just take a leave of absence, you know, sabbatical. You're like, I have to go study other, you know, hotels and things <laughs> in other parts of the world so I can, you know, learn about them. So, yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. Um, all right. Next question. Who do you like playing pinball with or who would you like to play head to head with the most? Who would be like And Deborah from like an episode ago or two episodes ago um, bought somebody that wasn't living. So at this point, we've made this question. Anybody living or dead, you know, whoever you want to play with from history uh, or, you know, if you want to play with an actual living person. So so it doesn't have it doesn't have to be a pinball player. No, it can be anyone. It can be anyone. Okay. I, I The question wow. is started with like, you know, who would you like to play pinball with? And we would get mostly pinball people, <laughs> but you can literally pick anybody you want. I, I think that uh, playing pinball with Norman Reedus from, from The Walking Dead would be oh. really cool, actually. Yeah. Would, would you want to play The Walking Dead machine? Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I just kind of fancy him because not like not like that. I, I think that he's hot hotter than anything, but I think that he's like a, a calm person. He's like a people person, I think, but I'm not sure. He's also a little bit like uh, I kind of feel that he's a little bit like just calm and and like outgoing and just fun to be around. So that I think will be cool. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I see him in an interview, he seems very chill, like, you know, like, yeah. we could, like, hang out and, like, have a good time. So mm -hmm. I can totally see that. But also, it would be... and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. All right. So let's see. We got, ah, last question. Final question. What is your dream theme? This is a theme that has not been created by a major pinball manufacturer, but that you would like to see come to life. <laughs> Uh, I think that 
if if I was supposed to make pinball machine and can do whatever I wanted to do, um, maybe I would make a Lego pinball machine. Oh my god, I love Lego! Yes, <laughs> yes! you see here. Yeah. Look at all this. I, I did. Um, l- listeners, what you cannot see is behind <laughs> Maria. She is in this room and it's like big ra- racks and shelves full of Lego. It's like my dream. And I'm like, I see TIE fighters. I see all kinds of, I see like a little store. I mean, yeah, no, I'm super impressed. Yeah. I love it. I love so, it. So. I'm, I'm a Lego fan too. And it's like part of my hobby to just build Lego and collect Lego. I also like buy huge lots of Lego and just sort. I love sorting. I'm so strange. I love sorting stuff. <laughs> but just and then selling it, maybe just finding what kind of sets is in the, in a lot and just selling it. I think that's cool. Well, I think that there's so much that you could do with Lego. I mean, you could make it like the Lego movie, which was very fun and funny, mm-hmm. and you could have the call-outs that way. But you could just make a regular Lego machine, and, like, the different modes could be, like, the different sets, um, you know, depending on, like, what you wanted to do. And you could even have, like, par- parts of it where you could actually build things and put it on the play field, you know, and, and kind yeah. of and make it more interactive. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I don't know why there hasn't been a Lego machine, because Lego is awesome. Yeah, uh, I don't know if there's uh, just they, they don't want to make it or if there's a very expensive licensing or something like that. But um, yeah, I think that will be fun. And you can also make it like classic because Lego is so old now. It's like 50 years old. And the classic Lego was like only like red, yellow, white and blue bricks or something. And uh, you can make like a classic part or like you say, like a one that's based on the movies. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to do with that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, Maria, thank you so much. This was fun. Um, I hope you had a good time um, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Definitely want you back. Uh, might have you be my uh, Brisbane correspondent and tell me what happened at the Brisbane Masters. <laughs> Um, and I, and I, I hope that whatever you guys have planned coming up there on the Oslo scene, I hear about, and maybe we can bring you back on and talk about that too. Thank you, um, so much for being on the show. Um, I, I've enjoyed it. It was so much fun getting to know you. Thank you, Karen. Shout out to Karen for, for having, um, put us together and I've made a new friend, um, you know, I, I wish you all the best and I, uh, hope that you guys, um, things will work out for you guys in your new projects and that you'll come back on the show real soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was really, really cool actually. And thanks to Karen to like hooking us up and, uh, yeah, Karen is lovely. Yeah, no, she's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, folks, that's it. We're wrapping up the show. Thank you again for joining us. If you have any comments about the show, feel free to email me at backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, next week we're going to have, um, uh, Gillian from uh, Level 1 in Columbus, Ohio. We're going to be talking about the Bell's Bunkin, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be this uh, first um, Bell's 24-hour pinball, you know, pajama party slash like pinball tournament. It's very exciting. Um, so we'll hear more about that next week. Um, if you have a guest that you'd like to see on the show or somebody you think I should be friends with, um, I'm always looking for new friends. Uh, go ahead and email me. I'd love to talk to them. But uh, other than that, you guys have a great week and keep flipping. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping! Keep flipping!